Whoever your leader is, let me put it that way, whoever your leader is right now at this stage in life, get as close as you can to them. I cannot stress that a lot of this comes natural when you're spending time with them. Okay, the spirit of the stranger doesn't come in when you're side by side. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Calvary Tabernacle Podcast. Good to have you back here at the Calvary Tabernacle Podcast. I'm Andrew Emerson, your host, and today we have part three of becoming a successful assistant from Pastor Carl Vickery. Of course, this lesson was taught from his own experience as an assistant to the pastor, as a youth pastor, uh, just trying to help a church and working full-time in ministry. So all the experiences that he has to share and offer to us is all valuable to us and really priceless. He is also referencing a book entitled Loyalty and Disloyalty by Dag Heward Mills. Listen, if you haven't already purchased a copy of that book, you need to go get you a copy, especially if you're in ministry and you're trying to help a pastor and get a hold of the vision of your pastor. This book will help you where in your loyalty and even noticing disloyalty and what you can do about it and what you how you can fix that. Listen, we have got to get a hold of the vision of our pastor. Where, whoever your pastor is, whoever wherever your church is or organization is, you need to get a hold of the vision of your pastor and be loyal to it. And uh, that book is going to help you in that area. Of course, these three parts is going to help you also. Really appreciate everybody listening. This is Becoming a Successful Assistant, part number three. You'll hear from me on the back end. Regard, number 16, regard your association with your head as a learning experience. It's a season. However good or bad it is, learn what you can. Eat the meat, spit out the bones, and grow from it. All right. I'll try to hurry. Number 17. A good assistant, just know this, a good assistant is always learning something. Does that make sense? You're always learning something. It's not about, oh, bless God, I've arrived. You've never arrived. All right? Number 17, figure out what your pastor or leader, musician, figure out what they're listening to, what they're reading, what they're soaking in. All right? In, In our church, I do a book of the month, every month. I let our church know this is what pastor's reading. These are things pastors, our book for this month was The Power of Habit. It's a phenomenal book if you don't have it. It's, it's incredible. All right? But what, is I, what am I doing now? I'm trying to let, let them have an insight. Why? Because you're going to, if you can figure out what your senior leader, whether it's music or whatever. You know, in this church, we got a funny thing. Sister Kim loves black gospel. Like it, lump it, whatever, you know, but you can fight it. Or you can learn some black gospel. (laughs) You know? It does no good to be over there with your guitar on country music in this church. It ain't going to happen. Does that make sense? Don't fight it. Learn it. Say, okay, what does she like? Why? Because I'm trying to help her. It amazes me. It's like, yeah, some guy over there, don't, 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 don't. Hey, you ain't never playing the drums, buddy. You know, that beat ain't ever going to work. And you know what? It's easier just to find somebody that wants to work with you than try to make somebody want to work with you. Does that make sense? I'd rather have a drummer that just wants to help and be a blessing than one that i got to say, would you please help me? Right? Number 18. Always, or I should say this, don't hesitate or be afraid to refer to the successes of your leader. In other words, if you're going to use an illustration about a leader, 
the person that you're under, don't hesitate to use a positive one. Nothing wrong with saying, hey, I was in a bind, and I'm going to tell you something about our pastor. He came by and just a few words picked me back up. And that's what I love about our pastor. Or I was in a conundrum, didn't know what to do tonight. And let me tell you about Sister Kim or our senior music. I called her because I was just didn't know what to do. And I'm going to tell you what, if you're going through something, she's a lady to talk to. She can help you out. Does that make sense? Just simple as that. And i got to hurry. Number 19, this is a big one. Flow. Learn how to flow with decisions and policies made by the head. Do this even if you have a different opinion. All right? I know everybody's got an opinion, and it don't matter if it's wrong or right. If the head is spoken, you're doing yourself an injustice by not learning how to flow with it. You're just making it hard on yourself. Don't do that. Only, and this is the truth, only one idea can work at a time. Matter of fact, you can only really apply one idea at a time. You know, you can't have one team working on this over here and another team working on this over here. But everybody can get with one idea. And if the head says, let's do this one, guess what? Let's just flow with that. Even if you don't agree, let's just flow with that. Let's make it work. All right? This is good. A good assistant does not establish a private side fellowship within the team or the church. You don't do that. You don't try to seek out people that, you know, just be privately with you. Oh, you know, y'all can, you can see that at Bible college. You got a little group, little cliques we call them. They'd always got their opinion, and it's always not the opinion <laughs> of the head. All right? Number 21, and this is, we did this just recently. Our, our, my secretary had a birthday. Don't miss opportunities to celebrate those events. Okay, so if you're, if you're an assistant, let me help you out. I'll never forget, I was with Brother Stanley in Dallas, and it was his 30th pastoral anniversary and his 30th wedding anniversary or some 33rd wedding anniversary, something like that. I forget. And I went to him, and I said, hey, man, what are y'all going to do for your 30th pastoral? And I know it's your 35th wedding anniversary or whatever it was, too. And he says, ah, Bo, I ain't even thought about it. I said, no, man, we need to do something. He goes, oh, man, I ain't even thought about it. I said, well, do you mind if I do something? You know, because it takes money to pull something big off and need to make sure I had his blessing. And he goes, what do you got in mind? I said, man, I just think the church ought to send y'all somewhere. And, you know, maybe just have a special services and, you know, we honor y'all's 30th anniversary and then have a little gift for y'all. We'll do something. And he goes, well, if you'll get it together, but I don't want to mess with it. You've got no understanding. And I said, I'll do it. And so I got together, got the church together. He didn't know what was going on. We sent him on a cruise, a 21-day European vacation. You know, after 30 years, 21 days ain't too much of a break. I know y'all 21 days must be nice. I'm gonna get. <laughs> I threatened our church. I'm gonna get me a, church, a shirt that says it must be nice, Calvary Tabernacle. You know. <laughs> But, but my point is, think about it, 30 years? 21-day vacation ain't too much. I remember 25 years we bought our pastor a brand-new Lexus. Not Brother Stanley, another pastor. And I did. I got with him, got with the board, said, hey, I think 25 years, he's driving a 92 Cadillac. I think we could do something better than that. They were, what do you got in mind? I said, well, I've been looking. He'd been talking to him. I picked tickling. He didn't know this. I've been tickling his ear. And he would drive, and he'd just drink. Well, I'd like to have one of them Lexuses. He said, I don't want that little one, though. I want that big one. Sure you do. Everybody does. <laughs> but I went. I said, hey, his 25th anniversary is coming up. Why don't we? I got, we had some businessmen in our church. I said, why don't we get something going here? I bet we could pay cash for that Lexus. 
Back in 95, that Lexus cost us about $78,000. LS460L. It's a long one, six inches longer than the regular one. You know what he did? He cried and wept. Said, I ain't never been treated this good in 25 years of pasturing. But we paid cash for that little car. And you may think, man, that's crazy. 25 years of giving your life. And now he's an old man. And we just got him something comfortable to drive in. Stay with me. I know y'all don't like that. Anybody talks about blessing, we get all funny. But, but celebrate something. You know, you, I said it last night. It was just neat. Guy comes up and says, want some Tic Tacs, Pastor? I noticed you was out. You know, dear God, don't take much to do that. Don't take much to say, hey, let me buy your lunch. You know, that was always my excuse to get wisdom. I just offered to buy his lunch. I bought more lunches just so he could talk to me. You know? Number 22, when your head's going on a journey, all right, just stay with me. Make sure you're there to see them off and to see them return. Let, I'm just helping you. I'm not trying to be, you ain't got to do this. But let your face be the first one instead of some disgruntled saint. Right? Why? I would do that because here's, here's what a saint would do or some, some guy that's not a leader. Honest to goodness, here's what they would do. Pastor, I'm so glad you're back. I'm going to tell you what. Yeah, I, it ain't the same around here. You, we got all kinds of problems going on. I didn't want him to have to deal with that when he got off the plane. So I'd pick him up and say, oh, man, it's doing, I'm so glad to see you. Man, we miss the fire out of you when you're not here. I'm going to tell you what, your church has missed you. Your family's missed you. I've missed you. I, I just can't wait. It feels like a year since I've seen you. You know, he may have been gone three days. It's all right. Well, how's everything at the church? Oh, it's going good. we got a few things. We'll talk about that in staff meeting. No big deal. But everything's went pretty smooth. Everything's went pretty well. You know? Now, if it hasn't, of course, i got to break the news, but I get to break the news. Not some little old busy Sally, all right, that really ain't got a clue what they're talking about and is always emotional, so she's going to make it ten times worse than what it was. And he's like, oh, I hate coming home. It's always like this. Well, I hate leaving. No, I want him to know, hey, we missed you, but we're glad you're back, and everything's okay. All right? Learn to assist when he's got a lot on his plate. Look for things you can take off his plate. All right? If it's counseling sessions, learn how to emphasize and say what he would say. Well, this is tough because you really want, Brother Rob can testify. I did marriage counseling as an assistant pastor. Several times. Brother Stanley would say, hey, go see Brother Vickery. I can't help you right now. I'm too booked. But Brother Vickery can. He'll, he'll do you right. You know how I got that? Brother Vickery's going to say what I say. <laughs> he knew I wasn't going to say my own thing. Whether I agreed or not. Does that make sense? I dealt with, you know, some assistants, all they get to do, deal with is washing the van. <laughs> you know? But if you want to deal with real situations and really take some things off, learn to do and say what your head will be doing and saying. That's why time's important. If you're one of those guys that you really aren't going to spend any time, you know, with your head, you're never going to get this. Make it a point to spend time. Invite him and his wife. You know, I, I, I'm not just talking to guys here. I, gotta, I want you all to open this up a little bit more in your mind. If you're a wife, get around his wife. Invite them out to dinner. Show you're there to help. It's amazing. We think, well, bless God, he hired me. He's here to help me. No, he's not. You're there to help him. All right. Let me give you a couple pointers. Number one, do you understand what your pastor's saying? This is just to help you say what he says. 
Do you really understand what he's saying? Do you understand that he's only trying to help? In other words, there was times when I may not agreed with the same statement or method that my senior pastor did, but I did know he knew more than I knew, and he was just trying to help. So I went with it. Do you know that he's only saying it or doing it because he loves you and loves this church? Think about it, guys. There's not a senior choir director, senior assistant, senior pastor. We're not in the business of offending and running people off. That doesn't do us any good. So don't go around saying, I don't know why he did that. Let him know. Oh, he loves you. I'll tell you a true story. I got to hurry. Dear God, I got to hurry. When I start talking, time flies. I don't know why. I was 16 years old, sitting on the front pew of my church. Mom and dad didn't go to church, didn't know family in church. I was just a guy in blue jeans and a t-shirt. Had a white t-shirt on with blue jeans, didn't know no better. <laughs> sitting on the front row. My pastor walks down to me and he says these words. He says, hey, next time you come to this church, I want to see you in a suit. You're a leader. It's time to start dressing like it. And he walked back. That was his introduction. So I sat there the whole time like, oh my God, 450 people in the building. I'm on the front row right from the pulpit and he just told me to wear a suit and I'm thinking, I don't even own a suit, okay? You understand, I didn't have money to go get a suit. I was raised poor, okay? That's Joe's turkey. I don't know whose Joe's turkey is, but that's how poor we were. I'm on the way home crying because here's the truth. When I get home and tell my mom and dad that I can't go back to church without a suit, what do you think my mom and dad, my dad backslid at 17, my mom's never been in church in her life, what do you think they're going to think about my church? Now you got to understand, I wasn't a typical young person. I was trying to win my mom and dad. If I go back and tell them that I can't go back without a suit, I don't know how y'all what mom and dads are, but my mom's going to say something to the effect of, well, that's why I don't go to church. All they care about is what you wear and judging you. He did what? He called you out in front of that whole church. I tell you what, I wouldn't go back there if it was the last place on earth. You know that. And my dad's going to say something to the effect of, well, that's why I quit when I was 17, son. All they care about is stuff that don't matter. Jesus don't care what you wear, and he shouldn't care either. If he was any man of God at all, that he wouldn't embarrass you and say that, and he'd know we ain't got money. He ain't even got discernment. Yeah, he know he if he had discernment, he'd know we ain't got money to buy no suit. Okay? But his wife called me. I walk in the house. Hey, Sister Neelan wants to talk to you. To me? Yes. Hello? Now you know he loves you. Yes, ma'am. Now if you don't have a suit, I'll make him buy you a suit. You know he just cares and he sees a lot of potential in you. And he's not trying to hurt you. I know he's a little rough sometimes. But your pastor loves you to death, boy. Don't you let it offend you. You just come see us if your mom and dad, because she knew, you know, we us preachers get under the anointing and we do some crazy stuff, you know. But one phone call, I'm weeping, my mom, everything okay? Oh, we're fine. You know, my aunt who found out about it and had a little money, went and bought me a suit and everything worked out. My mom and dad are in church to this day. Okay. My point is, though, even when you don't understand it, that senior pastor is not trying to hurt you. And he's not trying to hurt the people that he's appointed in your trust. And you've got to make sure they know that. My life could have been over. Except one caring pastor's wife let me know what as a 16 year old I didn't understand that my pastor really did love me and wasn't trying to hurt me. You can do that as an assistant. All right? 
Number 24, a loyal assistant takes notes at meetings while his senior pastor or leader is talking or ministering. Why? Because you're not going to remember everything. Okay? And I forgot is not good excuses over and over for an assistant. And let me help you out. This is tough. <laughs> that ain't what you said, Pastor. It's not a good argument. I know that sounds harsh. But that's not the same as, well, let me go back and check. I took some notes of this, at the, and, and this is, and I'll bring it back to you. We'll see, you know, that way we can look at it together. Does that make sense? And then you bring a notepad in there with, this is what I wrote down. Maybe I wrote it down wrong. Notice, I didn't say, this ain't what you said. Maybe I wrote it down wrong or misunderstood. I just had on my notes, and I'm so sorry. So you don't want that anymore? Or maybe I messed up, misheard? That's not the same as, no, that ain't what you said. I took notes. I can tell you right now, that ain't what you said. Or, no, I didn't take notes, but I remember it went like this. All right? It takes humility to write notes. Believe me, I've been that arrogant person who thought I'd never forget nothing, and I'd remember everything, and so I didn't need notes. It takes humility to say, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to remember this. I need notes. And you know, nowadays, how easy it is it? Pull out your phone. Let them know I'm not texting. <laughs> I'm just taking notes. All right? This is going to sound crazy, and I'll hurry to its close. Anybody know Proverbs 18 and 16? Y'all know it, but you probably don't know it's Proverbs 18 and 16. I'm going to read it to you. A man's gift maketh room for him, and bringeth him before great men. Anybody ever heard it now? How do you hear it said? There you go. Your gift to make room for you. I can't wait till they ask me to play the guitar. Your gift to make room for you. I'll be glad they asked me to preach. Well, don't worry. Your gift to make room for you. That's not what that means. Go back and look through your Bible again. That's not what that scripture's saying. You want me to show you what it is saying? Here's my 2009 BMW, Brother Rob. I will it to you. <laughs> what do you think he thinks about me right now? Think I'll get an invitation to his next party? Think I'll get an invitation if he ever makes it big time and, 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 and you know, he's at the White House and he has just 10 friends he can invite? You think I'll be on the list? Huh? Why? Because of my gift. Not really. <laughs> This is what the scripture's saying. Your gift. Anybody ever gave somebody a gift? What'd it do? Made room for you, didn't it? It's amazing what a gift can bring you before great men. Why could I talk about Tic Tacs last night? You know, because there's probably some that's all, oh, here we go, Brother Willie, hoo, 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 he's so good. You know, Pastor bragging on him again. No, no, he just gave me some Tic Tacs. So it made room for him. What am I saying that? A gift means a thousand different things. It means the giver loves you, he appreciates you, he respects you, and he honors you. And I could go on and on. It also means that the associate admires you, thinks well of you, and wants to be like you. All right? A gift is also sending a message of encouragement, telling the head that he's been a real blessing to you in your life. 
Again, also says, I want the anointing that is upon you. You think Elijah poured water on his hands and brought bread to, or Elisha brought bread and poured water to Elijah for nothing? We found out what he wanted. I want a double portion. Well, you know what? If you'll follow me all the way to the end. Scholars believe Elijah knew he was going but he didn't know how he was going. Think what I'm saying. And he needed a witness when he was gone. Elisha was that gift. He could have stayed at the school of prophets. I'll hurry. Be protective. Of your senior leader. Be prepared to defend against any problems or personalities that are arising. And I'll remind you when I say this everyone is capable of making mistakes, even your head. Okay? Be ready to defend that. Yeah, you know what? I've told people this, these exact words. Well, you know, I'd have probably done the same thing if I was in his shoes. I know it didn't work out, but I'd have probably done the same thing. Why don't we just pray for him? You know, he's going through a lot right now because I can assure you he's not proud of this either. But why don't we hold his hands up? Why don't we be an Aaron and a her and just support him right now? Don't you think that's what our senior pastor needs? That can shut out a lot of negative stuff. All right. This is something. A good assistant gives their head wise counsel. He does not feed him with lying praises or flatteries. A good assistant knows that he's very close to his head. He knows that, and I understand his and her doesn't matter. He knows that her input may be most valuable. All right? He knows the damaging effect of flattering his senior pastor or leader and misleading them. Don't lie to them. They're big boys or, great, or girls. They can handle it. Don't just flatter them either. You know, be honest with them. Be truthful with them. Be kind to them. You know? I don't expect, and it don't happen, so I'm glad I don't expect it, but I don't expect there to be a parade when I'm done preaching. Oh, Pastor, that was the greatest sermon I have ever heard in my life. I mean, after a while, I had this lady one time. <laughs> she would do that. Well, after a while, I was like, well, you said that Wednesday night. Everyone is not the greatest sermon you've ever heard in your life. I mean, I, even I know that. So what did it become? It became Nolan Boyd. Right? At the same time, don't fall for this line. Everybody's saying that they're really... Who's everybody? Well, really just me and one other person. But everybody is saying it. You're lying to them. But you'll, I've had this happen more times than once from assistants. Pastor, there's a lot of people upset about this. Well, who is it exactly? Well, me and my husband, but... but we're a lot. No, you're lying. Don't make them think the whole church is in an uproar and it's two people. Don't make them think the whole choir is against them and it's one soprano that's still be disgruntled because she didn't get the solo last month. You know? Oh, the choirs just don't really like him. The choir just don't like what he's doing. The choir or you? a big difference alright don't be ignorant to the fact alright that your leader is human alright and is capable of making mistakes I cannot stress that enough last one last one a good assistant is content I didn't say happy 
I didn't say at the finish line. I said content. A good assistant is content to be an assistant. A good assistant is happy to stay in that position. Thou shalt not covet anything that is thy neighbor's. You put yourself in a senior pastor's position. Just being honest. How do you think, what do you think bodes better? Music director, let me use that one instead of a senior pastor. Y'all, a lot of you guys are music majors and things of that nature. Think about this. You're, you're finally, you know, helping somebody full time. The senior music person comes in and all you talk about is how so-and-so does it over at their church. Of how you would love to be playing with so-and-so. Of how you wish we did it like that. Or you couldn't wait for the opportunity if it ever came. Do you think you're going to be senior minister material? Right? You think you want an assistant that's always looking for the exit door? For the next step? Right? Now, I know this ain't preaching. I just wanted to help you this morning. Be content. When I went to Oakdale, Louisiana, I wasn't looking for it. I was content where I was at. Believe it or not, when I went to Dallas, they called me. I was content where I was at. And no matter how bad I wanted to go to Dallas, I went to my pastor and I said, would you help me pray about this? I don't want to make a wrong move. I'm content where I'm at, but if this is God's will, he's the one come to me two weeks later and said, I think it's time. I think it's time. I think this is a good step for you. I think this is where you need to be. When I came here, I went to my pastor who was Bobby Stanley in Dallas. You can ask him. Still my pastor this day. I said, hey, they want me to come to Beaumont and try out and they want to vote on me, and what do you think about it? Help me pray about it, because if you say no, it's no. If you say go, and everything works out, I'll go. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't walk around Dallas going, boy, I'll be glad when I'm a pastor. I didn't walk around Dallas going, well, I can't wait for that door to open for me. And I, man, I tell you what, I'm just doing this youth pastor gig just to, you know, kind of get through here. But as soon as I get done, I'm going to tell you what. Be content. And let God open the next door. Amen? All right, I've got to stop. I told you I was going to give you all 29. Everybody okay? I know it wasn't real exciting, but I hope some of you will walk out of here going, you know what? I want to be successful. And to do that, I don't want to make the same mistakes that other guys made. I'll humble myself. I'm not saying you're going to walk out here and say, okay, I got 29 points, I'm going to be the perfect assistant. You know, I know that's not going to happen, but if you could take a couple of them, and say, so, you know what, have I done this? How can I do this even at my school? You imagine what Brother and Sister Carter would feel like? If somebody actually washed their car and said, look, we don't want our president of our Bible college going around in a dirty car. Let me show you how it works. What do you think will happen when that pastor says, hey, you got anybody graduating this year that might could come in and be a good assistant? It goes from, man, I just don't think they're quite ready, to be honest. And I've had this conversation. I, I, just, I just really don't have anybody graduating that's, that's, that's really there yet. Two, hey, man, listen, I've got a jam-up guy. This guy here has washed my car for four years. 
when, if may they see my wife going across the parking lot, they grab the bags out of her. This guy here, this girl here, they're unreal. I, I, man, I don't know what's changed about them. I don't know what's happened, but I'm just telling you, if I was hiring an assistant, they, they have not argued. If my wife says this one's singing or this one's playing or this one's directing or this, I'm gonna just tell you, I'm, I'm telling you, Pastor, if I was looking for an assistant, this person's already been assistant. They just wasn't given the title. Think about it. I know it's hard to really think that, but nobody hires the person. Well, Bo, I tell you, they're great singers, but I'm going to tell you that you can't hardly work with them. They just, man, they just think they, they're, they're too prideful. They think they're all that, and you ain't going to change it, and I ain't going to change it. I've been with them four years, and I'm just telling you, all they've done is gotten just more and more full of themselves. You know, great singers, but I can't even get them to, you know, just help us with a little event we're putting on. I don't think they'd make a good assistant. They can't even work a table. I've had those conversations. Three years ago, I was looking for somebody. He can tell you. I called. Hey, man, I'm looking for somebody. Y'all got anybody? Man, and this was... This is when I got truly dedicated to helping Texas Bible College. When Brother Carter looked at me and said, I really don't have anybody in my graduating class that fits what you're looking for. Well, I know that's real. I understand that's real. And I said, that's terrible. Something's wrong. What are we doing? How can we change it? And that whole class just about, maybe a couple different, but went back home and picked up where they left off. Don't be that class. You're here for a reason. And it's going to take something to get where you want to be. Amen? Whoever your leader is, let me put it that way. Whoever your leader is right now at this stage in life, get as close as you can to them. I cannot stress that a lot of this comes natural when you're spending time with them. Okay, the spirit of the stranger doesn't come in when you're side by side. And I can tell you men in this church, that when they're with me and they're close to me and we're ministering together, they don't have no problems. But the moment they let distance come between us, things begin to happen. Get as close. I used to pick my pastor up, take him to El Burrito, if you ever know where that is, but a little Mexican food restaurant. I used to go and de-weed his flower bed. Honest to God. You know why? Hoping. Hoping. Not promised. Just hoping that he would walk out, come down his sidewalk and say, how are you doing today? And I would get five minutes of his time. I wanted to be as close. See, I didn't have a guaranteed ticket in this thing. Does that make sense? But I got as close as I could get. Hey Amen. What uh, an awesome three-part uh, episode we've had becoming a successful assistant this has finalized uh, this whole lesson and I hope you enjoyed it I think it uh, I enjoyed it I definitely added value to my life I enjoyed listening to it again uh, even though I was in the room uh, when all of this was taught I did write down a couple of points and I uh, want to share with you and then uh, this will be the end and we'll uh, of course, come back with some more episodes and more content for you. Uh, one thing that I wrote down is to be teachable. Of course, um, this may be a given if you're an assistant or even if you're wanting to be a leader. Being teachable is um, is important. Um, the Bible says that the wise man surrounds himself with wise people. But a foolish person will surround himself with fools. I know I'm paraphrasing, but the truth is that if you are wise, it's because you're around wise people and because you are teachable. 
to become wise and to be uh, like our pastor and to really get his spirit, we've got to be teachable. We've got to be open uh, to his spirit and not closed off. I meet too many people when the spirit of God is moving through a service and pastor is ministering. I see too many people standing in the back, checked out, arms folded, not really tapped in and paying attention to what God is trying to do. I've been in services, and I'm not making this up. I've been in services where there wasn't a dry eye in the place, or at least I thought, until I looked in the back corner of the church. Somewhere there's two or three people all by themselves. Some other places, it's not always the back corner of the church, but you get what I mean. There's always one or two, three or four, that are completely checked out. They're not tapped into what God is is doing and they're not tapped into realizing pastor is being used by God right now. This is a thus saith the Lord moment and God is flowing through pastor. Last week pastor said that he was just the water hose. And I love that that analogy that the spirit of God is like the water but the water hose is is really just the piece that God chose to use but it just so happens that God chose that water hose and that specific person to be the pastor and the shepherd of our church. Now, I've been under him for 13 years, so I can only speak of him. I've never sat under any other pastor in 13 years, uh, except when I was growing up, um, and that was uh, Brother Billy Stanley. And um, I don't remember really um, much because I was young, I was so young, and Uh, We voted Pastor Vickery in when I was 17, so I am now 30 years old, 13 years later. And so all of my learning experiences, all of me growing up in God uh, was really under Pastor Vickery. And, of course, Brother Stanley was a a tremendous man of God, a tremendous preacher, and uh, we're standing on his shoulders today of all the work and the time and the sacrifice that he put in uh, to build this thing called Calvary Tabernacle. But I've been with my pastor for 13 years and have grown as a leader under him, uh, starting out in just youth staff and just helping in the youth and, and just doing that and then wor- working my way up and gaining that trust and respect and uh, becoming a worship leader of our church and, and then moving up to a youth pastor and then finally <laughs> seven years uh, uh, in the making become full-time and uh, full-time, I, I say seven years because me and him had these conversations uh, seven years ago uh, where he saw my future and where he saw me. And finally, we are here. Finally, we, uh, I am assisting him, and I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. It's not easy to uh, stay um, with him and know exactly what he's thinking. And I'm not saying it's not easy to stay. I love this job, and I love working for, for the kingdom, and I love uh, working for Calvary Tabernacle. But it's not easy. And one of the things that I had to learn in my first year of being full-time is that I've got to get a hold of his vision even more. I thought I had it. I thought I already uh, had his vision. But I've got to get a hold of it even more. I've got to get it in my heart. I've got to get it implanted in my mind. And not just his vision, but how he want, what he wants, what he expects, even how he acts, how he handles things. That's the other thing I wrote is in, in council sessions, sessions think about what your pastor would say think about how he would counsel i've had situations i've had moments of people coming up to me and not going to pastor and oftentimes i don't think he said this but oftentimes i point them to pastor one of the things that uh that i have learned is that you know what i i am not the pastor And there's some things that I really can't give you an answer on. There's some things that I can't help you with. There are other things that I could. There are other things that I could really give you advice on if it's a young person or if it's a student or a college-age student. But there's other things, there's other moments, and I have noticed those and pointed them to Pastor. Hey, you really need to go talk to Pastor because he can really help you with this. I had somebody come up to me and say he wanted some advice, and and um, not that I couldn't have gave him advice. I told him, I said, I could tell you right now. I could give you advice right now and tell you what I think, but I don't really think it's going to help you like it would coming from pastor. I really think you need to go to pastor. And 
I don't know if he has. That's not that's not my problem. I have done my part and become and being an assistant is to point people to him. So even in council sessions, we should refer to our pastor. We should lean on his understanding and even try to handle it how he would. One thing I really appreciate about pastor, he's always pouring into us leaders and trying to teach us how he thinks or how he would handle it. There's often times where, hey, how do I handle this? I don't understand. What what do I do? What what do we do about this? And he here's the thing is there's situations that I don't even know about. There's there's circumstances that I may not be thinking about or that I have no idea about. I may be completely ignorant of and there's situations in people's lives that I don't know about. And I could go handle it my way and really not even understand what the whole picture and what's going on. But oftentimes if I get in these situations, I ask his wisdom and his advice because I don't know what's going on in that person's life. You realize that you or me, we could offend that person even more, push them out the door. They leave church, they leave the house of God, and all of a sudden we've got blood on our hands because we didn't handle it correctly and we didn't use wisdom. The wise person is surrounded by wise people. And a companion of fools suffers harm. So I've got to surround myself with wisdom. And not just um, you know, trying to find that wise person to hang out with, but really picking his brain and, or asking his advice. You know, I've got to take the step not just to be with him. I've got to take the step of asking his advice. I do understand the scripture that, you know, uh, the wise person is around wise people. A companion of fools suffers harm. I understand that scripture, but it's more than just being with a wise person. I think the real principle of that scripture is that if you consistently are around that wise person, there's going to be opportunities where wisdom will be gained. But what if... Let's say your pastor, your leader, uh, has a lot on their plate and they don't have much time. Well, then we have to be better at capitalizing on those moments. I'm not saying make it all about you and make it all about what you need, but be open and be teachable. I've said it before in another podcast, but when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. So when we're always a student, we're always uh, open to be taught, the teacher is always there. We'll, we'll learn from every situation. We'll learn from every circumstance. All right? Uh, one of the other things I wrote down was learn to assist when he has a lot on his plate. We know they have a lot on their plate. And if you're an assistant or if you're a minister and you don't think they have a lot on their plate... You're not in their shoes. You don't understand what they're facing or dealing with. And the key to figuring that out is communication. Not just being with pastor, but figuring out, hey, what can I, what can I do to help? Is there anything I can do? Texting them uh, while you're at work, while you're doing your thing and doing, accomplishing your agenda. You know, And you don't see pastor in the office. And you, you could easily think, oh, he must be off playing golf or fishing or whatever. I don't know your pastor. Or you could just text and say, hey, I hope you're having a good day. If you need anything, let me know. I'm open. I'm available. Learn to assist when they have a lot on their plate. And here's the truth. You don't know when they have a lot. But the only way to know is to text or to call or to find out. Communicate. Communicate to your leader. Figure it out. Don't just assume that they're off gallivanting and doing what they want to do. And I assure you, I never assume that <laughs> with our pastor. If if uh, you know Pastor Vickery, he's always busy doing something. And in his life, in his world, and in a pastor's world, you got to understand this. They could be at a funeral, a wedding, the hospital, dealing with a family situation, dealing with somebody that's sick, dealing with issues and problems at the bank, dealing with finances counseling a marriage, dealing with divorce, uh, trying to help a marriage, trying to help a family, dealing with a young person that is lost and wayward, 
These are all the things, and some of them I haven't even listed, that they have to deal with on a week-to-week, year-to-year basis. And you don't realize it. You don't know what situations they're going through or facing. The last thing I want to talk about is the gift. Talked about a gift that makes room for you. We've all heard that scripture, and we've heard it misquoted. And really the truth is, if we bring a gift to our pastor, it shows that we care. Hey, I love you, appreciate you. It shows that we really are thinking about them and that uh, we're not just here to receive. You know, one of the things that I want to change and have tried to change is that I don't want to always be on the receiving end, you know, so dependent upon pastor. I'm not saying I want to become independent. No, that's not what I mean. But I don't want to be so dependent, you know, oh God, what am I going to do? Pastor's not here. Oh my goodness, you know, where, where's pastor at? Why hasn't he taken me to lunch in a while? Dear God, you know, you become so dependent. Or you become so used to receiving, receiving, receiving. I know this for a fact, that my pastor, our pastor at Calvary Tabernacle, he blesses people all the time. And sometimes you can be on the receiving end of that for a while. But what if you made what if you what if you made it a point to get them something or a gift, a small thing? Like you talked about the young man who brought him a, a pack of Tic Tacs. Said, I noticed you were low. I notice I know you love Tic Tacs, so I noticed you were low, so I got you a pack of Tic Tacs. And if you know Pastor Vickery, he ate them Tic Tacs in about point five seconds. <laughs> The whole pack. <laughs> but that gift makes room for you. Now, and we're talking a few months later, now that young man is w- with Pastor a lot at his house helping him. If Pastor needs help, he's going to call on him. And so uh, that gift, that small little token of Tic Tacs and others and other moments where he's given himself and his time to Pastor has made room for him. He's building trust and a relationship with his pastor. And the kid is only 19 years old. There's no telling the potential. There's no telling what this young man could do if he sticks with it and stays consistent and doesn't allow the enemy to drive a wedge between him and his pastor. Realize we get this messed up, you know, We think that pastor's talking about becoming a successful assistant. That applies to somebody who's hired full-time at the church. Yes, it does, but that's not the only person it applies to. It applies to the person that is full-time in ministry, to the person that works a full-time job and is just trying to help his pastor. It applies to the person that sits on the pew. It applies to the person that is a leader. It applies to every person. How can I assist? How can I help this church grow how can i help this church tap into the potential that it could tap into i myself must get a hold of the vision of pastor i myself must realize the role that i have to play i myself must arise get out of the slumps you see the people that always hear the junk and the garbage that's going on are the people that are always there to, to receive it. They're always the ones that are open to receive it. But if you're, if you're wanting to arise and get out of that, you've got to start changing. Really, let's go back to that scripture. You've got to start surrounding yourself with wise people. Amen. Hey, God bless you today. Thank you for listening to this podcast, this last and final episode of becoming a successful assistant. I'll see you on the next episode, the next sermon. Appreciate you. God bless you. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Don't forget to like our our Facebook page. Go visit our website, ctministries.org. And always be blessed.